Hello, <laughs> it's Kristen Garth, and we are here again at Kristen Whispers Sonnets, where we are going to have our bedtime treat, and I'm ready, and you're here for the Broken Doll episode, because tonight all the poems are going to be about dolls, and in particular, broken dolls, because that's an image that I very much <laughs> relate to, and uh, comes up a lot in my writing because uh, I think you know people compare me to having a doll face and if I do have a doll face it is more like a um a very broken a very um bad replica of a doll and I have definitely been through some damage in my life so I relate to that feeling of being at once something cute but then also with obvious damage that you're always afraid people are going to see and um not and realize you're not this um light hearted you know easy a being with an easy life you've been through some things and um and not everybody um that's not what they want in a doll you know a doll is um something that you know ideally is cared for and is um pristine and you know it's just an image that I very much um <laughs> relate to in on the dark side I think more than on the flat doll you know oh aspect even though I love Barbies and I'm sitting here amidst a bunch of Barbies right now and I even had to behead a Barbie for my photo shoot for this <laughs> broken doll podcast but please don't um tell on me because I am a big fan of Barbies and I I I love them very much <laughs> so I I take it seriously um that love of Barbies <laughs> and love of all dolls but at the same time I do um relate a lot to the broken dolls for a period of my time in fact of my life in fact I had um I had lived through um an arson and I used to have a um, pink plastic house in that house and it, it was destroyed and a lot of the Barbie dolls were completely destroyed but some were still there and they had you know s kind of smoke damage like their skin was um, changed to a different color and their hair might have been um, not actually burned but you know it was it's plastic hair and it it would change the texture and you could just tell they'd been through something and I still have some of those dolls in fact the one doll who I um whenever I do a pink plastic photo shoot with my dollhouse there's one that I use to represent me and it's and she was originally a Dorothy doll and she's got dark braids and she is one of the dolls from the fire and you she only has one little scar which is on her face and it's a little burn mark and I always try to you know move her pose where people don't see but um but it actually makes her a lot more relatable to me because of the way I feel about what I've been telling you guys about already but let me read you a sonnet and I'm going to read you the first one about Barbies that are messed up and um gotta find where I put my poems. Okay, here they are. The first one I'm going to read to you is called Knockoff Doll. And that poem was like 
one that I, you know, really feel like I did a good job of expressing how I have felt in my life by, um, with men who see me as a doll, but then maybe see the defects too and, you know, maybe regret their decision. So here we go. Knock off doll. I'm in a corner of your mind to mock, undress, to use unkind. Not about me much at all. Just recognize a knockoff Barbie doll. A pink plastic beauty can I replace? I have that kind of fuck me face. Not angular enough to be name brand. Small town, dime store, bargain, a buck you had on hand. Inadequately long, limbs with dents. So hollow, cheap, careless fingertip accidents. You've had the best, you couldn't know how soon my shamefulness would show. Impulse purchase, you should suppress. Defective lesson in cut rate design. You designate a corner in your mind. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's kind of obvious how I've felt in different relationships before. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, that's, it's what I love about all kinds of dolls is to me, you know, like I said before, I relate more to the doll with the mark on her face or um, who's, you know, lived through a fire. And, I, you know, I um, those dolls, like when I was going to behead a doll, it wasn't going to be one of those, you know, the, they've already lived through so much. And, you know, that's how I feel, you know, and, you know, I, I beheaded one of my more modern dolls. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I, I, you know, these poems really have made me very emotional because, um, it's just, you know, how I feel a lot because dolls are such a little girl thing and I am very much, you know, woman, child, very, um, <laughs> little girl and, and, you know, the ways that people hurt me a lot of times, you know, the, if I write a poem about a person hurting me and there's a doll in it, then they've really hurt me a lot. And so, um, here's, uh, I'm going to read the next one called Delicate that I just wrote the other day. And, um, it, it's an example of that. Okay. Delicate. Some porcelain is missing from my cheek. A hole you study while you think I sleep. In light of day, it bothers you, I'm meek. In darkness, you find penetrable, deep. Hidden beneath a blanket when you leave. Consigned a closet should somebody stay. Your sentimentality, my reprieve protect you from the cruelty, you say. You lay me down upon mulberry silk, caress my cracks, discuss each clouded eye, a complexion rosier even by my guilt. 
Sometimes I am a thing you just despise. Perhaps too delicate for this contact. When you're away, I forget I'm cracked. And, you know, that poem is just about, you know, people who, sometimes you have people in your life who um, make you, you know, feel the worst of yourself. And, and, and sometimes those people are even, you know, called friends. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, and, and you have to get to the point where you realize, um, you know, it's maybe it's just not working, you know, because, you know, no one should feel inferior, you know, or feel terrible about themselves all the time. And if, you know, if, if that's a point of a, a friendship, you know, or if that's the result of it, maybe even not the intention, then maybe, you know, it's just time to, for a break or um, a reevaluation or something like that. But, you know, it's, life is so complicated and friends, you know, I think, you know, there's so many things, so many um, complications to how we come into a friendship with our own insecurities and then our own um, defenses. And, you know, some, some of it I think is being able to, it's like a dance and do your insecurities work with this person's defenses and, and maybe both of you are great people, but they don't, you know, um, it just doesn't, um, both people feel, you know, unhappy. <laughs> and so anyway, that's a, a poem that I wrote about, you know, realizing that, you know, you don't always have to feel cracked, even if you are damaged. And I'm trying to get over that myself, you know, um, of, you know, relating or always thinking of myself as broken, because I do, I do think of that myself that way, even when I feel cute or doll, like I feel like the broken doll. And, you know, that's something I need to work on. So and maybe others, you know, and we can work on it together. But the next poem I'm going to read to you is called Ragdoll. And this is a darker, <laughs> a, a bit of a darker poem. Um, and I wrote it thinking a lot about when I was a stripper and um, how men, um, you know, at that point, you know, saw me as a doll and as in something very malleable and controllable and, you know, usable and trainable and um, almost like a sex doll, really, you know, that, you know, I was so young and also, you know, that you know, they fall in love with your exterior, but they're, you know, they figure the things inside they can change and, um, make the way they like because, you know, you're still really a child. So anyway, I will read you Ragdoll. Remove what's rigid, rules our bones. Leave veins to bleed for him alone. Embalmed alive, red syrup treat. Your suffering remains sticky sweet. Aftertaste, abuse survived, a tinge of tragedy at five. You taste the way a good girl should. Smoke cherry seared, his pyre pine, heartwood. Cutaneous, his cruelty. Requisite flesh for tears, pretty. 
unbutton eyes, black holes to stuff, your flicker, cotton candy snuffed, we ears for whispers, lips a crimson thread rebuffs, delivered limber and a limousine, already broken, bent by him, obscene. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I also feel like in that poem there's a lot about power imbalances and, you know, in, in the strip club world. And also this probably, I'm sure, is informed about BDSM and my BDSM experiences because I was always with these older men, um, even if, like, I mean, they were always older because I was very young at that time, you know, and so, like, even if they were just in their 30s, it would be, like, you know, at least 10 years older than I was, and there were many that were much older than that, and it's that weird, you know, um, feeling of, like, I'm going to, uh, you know, both, like, violate this person and mentor them, (laughs) that this weird um, uh, collusion of, desires of, of, of men that, you know, you run into in both of those worlds, you know, um, I would meet men in the strip club world who, you know, wanted to date me and, um, that were older and I, I was not a person that was like, um, seeing men outside of the club or anything like that as far as, you know, for money or anything, but I had, you know, some very passionate, you know, uh, fans who, wanted, you know, to, like, legitimately date me. I mean, I, you know, I have no idea how that would have turned out, but, and I wasn't interested, really, in doing that. Um, it scared me, actually, but I, um, you know, all of them, even in just in the club, you know, they had a lot of ideas of, you know, who you should be and how you should behave, and, um, you know, you could very much see, like, if you were with a person like that, you wouldn't very much be yourself, you know, because, you know, and it, even what they knew of you in the club was, I mean, for me, I was pretty close to myself. My personality in the club was probably one of the few ones, you know, because even though I wore a costume, it was a schoolgirl costume, and that's something that, you know, is very close to my heart, and is what I am, like, I I used to call myself on Twitter when I first came there, the forever schoolgirl, and, um, that is definitely how I feel, and I always seek out people who, um, do, like, you know, even in, um, not just sexually, but, like, want to teach me something, like, uh, and I mean that, like, writing or, um, you know, if I, I I find people online who are, you know, give out lots of prompts and I like totally, you know, I'm like, oh, worshipful and happy about that. But that's just my nature is to want to, um, you know, learn and be open. And I think that's a very positive thing about being submissive in general is for me is, um, it's helped me as writer because I feel like I'm more open to, Um, maybe, you know, those kind of things of, like, learning and to different people, and, you know, it keeps you, like, I think a writer needs to be very self-determined and self-actualized and have a thick skin, but at the same time, they also must be very humble and open, and I think when you lose that last part, the humility and the openness, you know, you go down a weird path, you know, where, you know, you're limiting yourself 
And I never want to be like that. I always want to be open and teachable. And um, at the same time, I know who I am. And, you know, I have my limits of things I would never change. And, you know, I like the way I do things. So, you know, I try, I'm a, kind of a mix of these two things. But I think that's a very good way for a writer to be because you both, you know, you need both sides of that. So I'm going to close out tonight. <laughs> Unbroken Doll with one last poem that I was inspired to read because of the picture I took for this episode where I took the head off the doll and it reminded me so much of um, Tideland by Terry Gilliam which I love that movie um, so much I mean it's also a book but I the reason I love the movie so much is I love Jeliza Rose the character and the little girl who portrayed her and, you know, she holds broken off Barbie doll heads on her fingers and, ha- and they're her imaginary friends. And I relate, again, something about dolls that I relate to very much is feeling like a lot of times in my life that dolls and imaginary friends were my friends. You know, that only, like some at some points my only friends. And I'm okay with that. So, and I'm kind of weirdly in this pandemic I went through a period of time where I think I was not okay with that, where I was trying to reach out more, and I feel like in this pandemic, I've become that back to the Jeliza Rose character. So in her honor, I'm going to close out with plastic heads. An armchair daddy, dead for days. A week of whispered Barbie finger plays. Assumed asleep until the smell her grief that stink, just plastic heads to tell. Decay that looms a house in hay. No human help for miles away. Her friends, they fit on fingertips. With hair that glitters, lacquered lips. Their smiles transport her. Yellow busts with voices, scripts so treacherous. And when one's bad, she's sent to bed. A flick of finger to forehead. A rolling rebel's quick brunette descent empties a finger for a blonde instead. What lives inside her comes from what is dead. A heavy heart invents a plastic head. So now it's time for us all to go to sleep. And I hope you have a doll or a unicorn to hold tight. And if they have a flaw, you know, embrace it. And that's what I'm going to do from now on is, you know, be a little easier on myself and know that, you know, you're only broken to certain people. You shouldn't be broken to yourself. And and that's something I'm going to try real hard to do better about thinking that way. So, good night, everybody, and I'll see you again next week on Kristen Whisper Sonnets, and I want you to have a great sleep. Kristen Whisper